What's up, everybody? Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast with your host, Aaron Dante, who brings you the hottest interviews with the dopest people sharing their experiences all across the world. Now, here's your host, Aaron Dante. After Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today, folks, we have an amazing show for you. We have E. Brady Robinson, an amazing photographer from Baltimore. Can't wait for you to listen. Visit your neighborhood sanctuary and do wellness for a luxurious experience for everybody. Treat yourself and a loved one with a massage, facial, or an entire day of pampering with our deluxe spa day packages that include lunch from the restaurant next door firing rice for more information on booking or purchasing gift cards visit their website at indowellness.com or call at 443-438-4048 they look forward to welcoming you and your loved ones to their beautiful new space at soha union located at 4801 harper road suite one and folks we are back with the aaron minute I want to thank everybody for listening this past week on Creative Mornings Baltimore. It was my first live interview and when I was actually the guest. I wanted to give those guys a credit. It was an amazing show. I appreciate everybody who watched, who listened, and who had questions at the end of the show. It was a great time, and I really just really want to thank everybody who has been there along the way. All the new listeners really appreciate you, and I really appreciate what No Picture of Dark is doing because we're doing some great things out here. And I appreciate that you take your time out of the day to listen to the podcast. And I just wanted to give a shout out. Also, had a had an amazing time at Soha Street Market. It was so much fun. Thank you to all the listeners that stopped by. It was so cool to just reach out and touch and say, hey, what's going on? Hope all is well. And they just like really told me about the episodes they liked, the episodes they've enjoyed. And how much it really means to them. They listen to it for every Monday. Day 4 has come out. So I'm so excited that it's reaching out to so many people. And I'm glad they stopped by. So at Soha Street Market. It was a great time. The weather was amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I keep on putting out more and more hits. Um, this will be the last episode of the month of September. And then October, we have an amazing guest coming on. And I can't wait to show that preview. That preview will come out this Friday. All right, folks. Have a good one. No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly sponsored by OpenWorks Baltimore. OpenWorks is Baltimore's largest makerspace, offering access to tools ranging from 3D printers to welders and training in how to use them. OpenWorks also offers affordable studio space, a coffee shop, and fun and free events throughout the year. But OpenWorks is more than a public workshop. It's a community of creative professionals, students, seniors, entrepreneurs, and makers of all kinds. Check out the website at www.openworksbmore.org or Instagram at open underscore works underscore bmore for class schedules, membership options, and more. Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today, we have a very, very special show. You know how we do. We're always on location in Baltimore, shining bright lights on Baltimore artists, creators, and everything else. And today, we are downtown Baltimore. I've never been to this art studio. I'm just like vibing. The vibe is real. I'm in a photography studio, and I'm like, 
damn, that costs more than my car right there. <laughs> Looking at some of this equipment in here. But, you know, I found this person that's coming to the show through online and was recommended by several people. And I was like, she got some dope artwork. I mean, I already, you know, artwork, photography, stuff like that, but it's amazing. And then I was like, oh, she's into roller skating, doing some cool stuff. I'm like, yeah, we got to get her on the show. So, you know, out of faith, just reached out. And she reached back out like 30 minutes later. So without further ado, Miss E. Brady Robinson, what's up? How are you doing today? Thank you, Aaron. What an intro. Happy to have you. Oh, Welcome to my studio. Hey, we're live and direct. I love this. I appreciate you taking time out your day because you're a busy person. Very busy. I'm happy to sit down. Yeah, it's good to sit down and, and, and talk and talk, you know, that's what it's all about. So again, welcome to the show. So tell the audience a little bit about you, you know, I mean, this, she's, she, let me tell you something. Her photos, I have friends looking like, damn, is she on Elle magazine? Is she doing Vogue? I mean, she should be <laughs> here. So, I mean, tell a little bit, audience, a little bit about you. Are you from Baltimore? Are you, are you a Baltimorean? Then are you adopted? Yes, Baltimore is your home place. Baltimore is my art home. Okay. I went to Micah back in the day, and actually, I'm from Virginia. I grew up in the Shenandoah Valley in a very small town in Frederick County, Virginia, and made my way to Baltimore, finished art school, then left for over a decade, and now I'm back. Nice. Baltimore chose me. Baltimore chose you. I'm glad. Well, we're glad you're back. We're glad you're back. So, I always ask people this question. What is your favorite childhood memory growing up? Roller skating in my parents' basement. Okay, okay. I grew up roller skating to Soul Train. Uh-oh. So I really love soul and R&B. I love music. I love to be in motion, and I love to dance. So one of my greatest memories is definitely roller skating. Also, my mom gave me my first camera, and we used to drive the back roads of Virginia together and take photos. So I was... Um, Sort of came out of my mom, a, a photographer, and those are also fond memories. That's dope. That I mean, I always think, but now you got me back thinking about roller skating. And we spoke briefly a couple weeks ago about how you know I'm into looking at it online and how it's been a resurgent online of people roller skating and whatnot. I have people in my neighborhood who roller skate around um, uh, Lake uh, Montebello a lot, mm-hmm. and that's a, I mean I'm like that's a hell of a workout to do that around Lake Montebello. And I when I was younger, I used to skate at Shaking Bay. Down in Pennsylvania Avenue. Well, Shake and Bake's open again. Uh-oh. I you mean, should come sometime for I, adult skate. I definitely have to come back. I, I always remember when my, it was, I, the fondest memory of roller skating is, I was when my third or fourth, I can't remember what birthday it was. And every Saturday I had a race for the kids. And I always remember I was in the lead and the last thing around and I fell. And I always remember that. I don't know why that stands out out of all the times I've roller, roller skated, but I remember I could have won on my birthday. But, you know, in roller skating, you can't be afraid to fall. In fact, you have to learn how to fall. So I think there's a lot of metaphors in life. I think failure can be good because we can learn from our mistakes. you got to let that fear go. Right. It may be a fear. Maybe it's still there's that fear. Maybe you have to get back out there and do one more contest and get over that because it's always that lingering memory. I don't know. It's still there. Skating should be in the Olympics, don't you think? That would be dope. Yep. That would be dope. So... You talked about photography with your mom. You, you learned, was she like, in, I, mean, I mean, like, was she into photography? Was she a photographer? Was she getting paid for it? Or was it something like she was a family photographer on family events? Like, how did that work out? My mom was super creative and very visual. Her, um, 
her, one of her first jobs, she was a fabric buyer for a large department store in the South, and she had a really good eye. Um, no one in my family was the actual official photographer, but I started really young. You know, in high school, I did yearbook. One of my first jobs as a teenager was working on a one-hour photo lab. And then during high school, my sister was an ad rep for a local newspaper and got me a job as a freelance stringer. So I actually started work very young as a freelancer for the Winchester Star and later for the Northern Virginia Daily as, as just a kid. I was a teenager. So on weekends, I would have to have a CB radio. And, oh. you know, if there was like a fire or a crash, <laughs> I'd be your girl and I'd have to go. I shot Civil War reenactments. I photographed the Apple Blossom Festival. One year, Joan Rivers was the um, Grand Marshal. So I just had these incredible experiences with my camera. And my background is all has been a storyteller, but also as a documentarian. You know, I've always documented my life with a camera. And that's how I move through life. One of my favorite photographers is Gary Winogrand. And one of my favorite quotes, he said, I photograph to see what things look like photographed. Nice. Nice. I like that. I like that. Now you got me thinking. Got me thinking. You just, you, and then I was going to ask, one of my questions I was going to ask then, but we can't ask that now. We always ask your favorite photographer, but. He's we'll, one of them. Okay, he's one of them. We'll come back to that. We'll, okay. we'll follow back through that. So, where'd you end up going to undergrad for school? Did you go to college at all? or I went you, to MICA Okay, sorry, I forgot. Yeah, I went to Maryland Institute College My, of Art. And did you love it there? Is that where you wanted to go, or was there some other places that, or you knew MICA was a place you wanted no, to go? No, MICA was the school for me. Okay. It was an incredible place. You know, I grew up in a very rural environment in a very small town. So MICA was just, just this gift of being around other artists who met me with, you know, equal passion. And Baltimore is a super diverse town. Everyone, and the people I went to school with were all so very talented that we brought each other up together. Mm-hmm. And Baltimore was um, a good place for material as well. One of my early documentary projects, I photographed drag queens at the Hippo, which used to be this um, drag, this gay club, and they would have drag shows. So one of my first solo exhibitions was in a gallery called the Fontaine Gallery in Pigtown. Oh, wow. So in my mind, in my 19, 20-year-old self. Oh, I wow. thought it was famous, you know, my first show. That's awesome, though. <laughs> that, now, did you, when you graduated from MICA, did you work for like a newspaper or anything like that? Or did you like just want to be like go solo? Like what was your thoughts after college? I always kind of did the opposite of what a lot of my classmates did. So from MICA, I moved to Colorado and I got a job as a teaching assistant at the Anderson Ranch Art Center. The Anderson Ranch Art Center was an artist community. It was developed by the ceramicist Paul Solner And in the summer, they have photo workshops. So each week, someone would fly in to teach a workshop. So at a very young age, I was able to see photographers and how they manage their life and their career. So every every week, someone famous would come in and teach a workshop. It was hard work. I'm not going to lie. I was mixing chemicals, cleaning bathrooms, Mm. um, helping unload clay when the clay truck would arrive, so you, as an assistant, you do a multitude of work. Mm-hmm. It was hard work. But they also put me up in a ski condo and 10 miles from Aspen, so it wasn't a bad gig. That's not a bad gig at all. Not a bad gig That's at not. All. Now, how supportive was your family 
after college, you're like going to Colorado. Did they want you to stay around Baltimore? I mean, Baltimore or Virginia area, or did they really like go ahead, spread your wings, go fly, go enjoy yourself, do what you gotta do? My family was always supportive, but on the same time, when I said I wanted to go to Colorado, they're like, "Well, you know, you're on your own. Right. <laughs> Don't call us." <laughs> <laughs> I I was very determined, and also very stubborn. <laughs> I moved to Colorado with a Jetta with no snow tires and two hundred dollars <laughs> in my pocket. Hey, but you made it. Yeah, like you, you take the leap, and the net will be there. You just got to do it. You got to honor what you're called to do. I love that. I love hearing that. And from that step, from how long did you stay in Colorado for? How long did you work out there? Um, on and off for maybe two to four years. Um, two summers, I was a TA. And then I came back in the winter to be an artist in residence. Okay. So I was able to live on this old sheep farm that was a artist community and work among other artists. They were ceramicists, furniture makers, painters. Now, from this job that you're working in Colorado, were you able to travel throughout the U.S. during this time period, or was it just you were there on that campus when you were working? I was located in Colorado at the time, and it wasn't later until my camera took me to other places. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what was the next movie after Colorado? Where'd you go after that? I was in Mexico for a while, and then I ended up going to grad school at Cranbrook Academy of Art in Michigan, back to Colorado, and then... <laughs> I just kind of took off. I was a nomad. Um, my background is in education and teaching and fine art photography. So I ended up, um, my early career, I started teaching at the Corcoran School of Art in D.C. Okay. And then in 2004, I got a call from the University of Georgia to help me te to help teach in Cortona, Italy. Wow. So in 2004, I quit all my jobs, all my part-time teaching jobs. I got out of my lease, threw everything in storage, and just up and went to Italy with no backup plan. <laughs> so um, for a year and a half, I was just living like a nomad, living out of a suitcase, teaching abroad. Wow. So for a good year and a half, I was at UGA in Cortona, Italy. And then I ended up being in the south of France, teaching for uh, Purchase College in here's France. Wow. And between the two, I was at Wake Forest for a semester. So my... My camera has been my passport, and it's been an adventure. I find myself in places I may not normally go. Folks, I'm sitting here, mouth wide open, like wow, just taking it all in. Because did you did you ever think your camera would be do, that would be the passport? Like you're saying, like that it'd be that powerful to take you to all these amazing places. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly partnered with Remix Bar and Grill, located at 819 East Pratt Street, just north of Harbor East. Remix is a sports bar offering a sole food menu. With over 20 TVs, pool tables, outdoor patio seating, and private rooms, Remix is set up to be your premier downtown destination to watch all your favorite sporting events. Open from 11 a.m. until 11 p.m. Monday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 12 a.m. Friday and Saturday, and 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sunday. Check out Remix Bar & Grill on Instagram and Facebook under at R-Y-M-K-S Baltimore for daily happy hour specials and weekly events. Remix Baltimore. I love adventure and I love going to new places. Even when I was little, I was very independent. I would take long bike rides, explore new places. So 
yeah, I had a, I had a feeling. I, I love and I've that. always honored that. I love that. I love that. And when did you start thinking, I can do this on my own and be my own entrepreneur and figure these things out? Like, like the teachings of everything you've learned from being in Europe and then being in Colorado, going mm-hmm. to grad school. Like, you had all these great learnings. Well, and you combine them all together. Like, where did you know? Where do you where do you, where do you go from here? I had a really steady job. I mean, my background in academia. I was running a graduate program for the University of Central Florida and had a tenured position. So I was at UCF for almost ten years. But sometimes life has another plan for you, and you just have to embrace change and go for it. So life brought me back to the Mid Atlantic area. And the day I left my job at UCF, I booked a headshot and I sold a print with my gallery in Washington, D.C. So it was that moment when I'm like, okay, I can do this. Not sure how, what it's going to look like, but I just did it. I mean, you've shared so many like, amazing life experiences. I mean, you went with $200 <laughs> to Europe. And you're like, I feel like this would be a walk in the park for you just to say, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing. I can figure it out. I figured it out this far. Why not now? And what were some of the things you learned when you first started on your own being an entrepreneur like that you might give advice for somebody else coming up and doing the same thing like as a photographer want to be a photographer by themselves? You got to um, own the value. You have to understand the value of your work and you have to set very strong boundaries. It's okay to say, say no but knowing the value of what you do is everything. And if you understand the value of what you offer to a client, then you're going to find a client who appreciates what you do. So a lot of it is knowing your worth and believing in 110% in what you do. Yeah, it's funny. You say something that's very, very important that I've heard from many artists. They say boundaries a lot. Mm-hmm. I've heard that a lot. And it's been reoccurring. That's a Baltimore soundtrack, folks. Don't worry about yep. it. But um, I just wonder the value, the boundaries part. Like, when you say boundaries, like, what do you, as far as, what does that mean specifically for you as far as you being a photographer, like boundaries, being a set? I think respect is huge. You know, if you're on set, you have to treat everyone with a, a level, you have to, tr- there's a lot, has to be a lot of trust and a lot of respect if you're working with a team of people. There's got to be respect with your your client. Good communication is important. Contracts are important. Mm. So are deposits. Deposits are very important. Mm. Okay, so that's the business side of things. Yeah, the business side. And I find that um, I've spoken to a lot of MICA graduates, and there's been one reoccurring theme I've heard over and over and over again, and it's the business side of things. We didn't get taught the business side of things going to MICA. And that's not, not knock them, but it's interesting learning that you're learning your prices later on mm-hmm. understanding what you're everything you just said i've heard and i'm like i love hearing it because i'm learning like hmm maybe somebody should teach a class on business 101 well there is there there are business classes the business of art is now offered in the photography department okay and when i was at mica i had wonderful mentors Anne fessler was one of my favorite professors and she used to have us sit down and do budgets learn how to write a grant learn how to write an artist statement mm how to apply for a show. So while that wasn't a formal class, I did have outstanding mentors. That's, and that's what it's about. Somebody taking you on the wings and saying, hey, this is what you to do and whatnot. So as an entrepreneur, what was your first big project where you're like, 
can I, or when you were like, can I do this? Do I think I can handle this project? What was the first big project? Oh, the first major portrait commission was from an architectural firm in Detroit. And they did not blank at my bid. Mm. And then after I got the bid, I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? <laughs> <laughs> I had to, you know, ship a lot of equipment, a lot of my gear, hire an assistant in Detroit to help me with the production and just go for it, figure it out. Wow. I've had a lot of great mentors too um, in the photography community here in Baltimore. Okay. I know you asked me about my favorite photographers, but I'm living among them. You know, Joe Giordano used to be my photo editor at City Paper. And Sean Scheidt, who's a fashion photographer, has been a great friend and gives lots of good business advice. ASMP is a wonderful organization here. Okay. The Association of Media Professionals okay. for Media Photographers. So there's a lot of support here in Baltimore. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. I love, again, that's why we're here. I wanted to talk with you because you're doing some amazing things. Baltimore and beyond, and I, I really, really appreciate you taking time out to sit down, just mm -hmm. to have, I like to say, it's like an old friend's conversation. That's how I do with things. So your first one, big one, was in Detroit, was in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And then what about Baltimore? How did Baltimore, you know, your your came back? How did you get back here? How did you get back here as far as Baltimore? I had a lot of changes in life personally and with my family. So I had this opportunity to move to Baltimore, buy a house, and live a creative life. It would be very hard to own property in DC or other markets. I have a great studio. I have a lot of support in Baltimore. So when I came to Baltimore to create the life I really wanted to live, I started working for City Paper. Okay. Joe Giordano was, I met Joe at an ASMP happy hour mm. and we became friends and he asked me, can you shoot food, food photography? I'm like, yeah, sure. I can shoot food. <laughs> I've never shot food before. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it though. And he's like, all right, if you, I'm going to give you an assignment. If you nail this assignment, you're my new food photographer. Mm. So I'm like, great, let's do this. So I became the food photographer for city paper. And I did that for several years. Then city paper closed when City Paper went under, I started my own food photography business. But prior to City Paper's um, closing, I collaborated on the 2017 food issue. So it was the, the City Paper Guide to All the Restaurants. And I collaborated with Lisa McRae and Joe Giordano. And I shot like 90 places in two months. So I really learned the food landscape of Baltimore. And I also was shooting a lot of nightlife. I was shooting a lot of concerts, dance parties. I would be sent to the Crown to photograph like the Prince dance party. So <laughs> I really was able to learn the um, art and music scene here and the food scene through City Paper, just being out with my camera. That's interesting. That that sounds so fascinating. Wow. Wow. They, I, I remember the City Paper. I thought that was one of the best. I, I will say I thought that was better than the Baltimore Sun. I, to me personally, that was my personal vibe. Well, what city doesn't have an independent alternative newspaper with an alternative voice? Yeah, it was sad when it went away. But again, I'm, I'm thinking about all the things you just said about everything like the crown and the Prince dance part. I remember that. I remember definitely because I'm a huge Prince fan. Me too. So, and I saw him when he one of his last performances at Real Farms Arena. So that hurt hard. That, that hurt very hard when he. When yeah, he it did. It, it was it was a tough time, but I remember 
going to his show and I was like blown away because I had never seen him live and seeing him live was like, I don't even know. I can't even tell people how the experience was. It was just, it was out of this world. Like, I don't even understand, but again, he played 15, 12 different instruments and I'm like, this guy's amazing, amazing talent. So after the city paper left, what was your next move? Where did you end up doing? Did you say, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. You know, you already had the food going, food blog you had going on. Um, now, did, did you start teaching in New York City yet or not? No, not, not yet. yet. Okay. I was doing food photography for a couple of years before the pandemic hit. And then I started teaching again. I really missed mentoring young photographers. And I, I went back into the classroom. I wasn't sure if I was ready, but I really loved teaching. So I started teaching at um, different places around Baltimore. Currently, I'm at Goucher College. I'm also teaching online for ICP in New York. International Center for Photography. So right now I'm managing my career with my fine art photography, teaching part-time, and my commercial practice. And to go back a little bit, it's interesting. You, you said the food photography. Could you ever imagine how now food photography is like the thing? Now, like you were ahead of the curve. Thank if you. If you think about <laughs> it. Think about it right now. Because I've, I've interviewed um, on the show um, Charm City Table, her name is Simone, mm-hmm. and she takes pictures of food, she's a food blogger uh, on Instagram, and Eat More Baltimore, who also has a lot of pictures of food. And you were doing it before all these guys are doing it, and could you imagine, like, how it's blown up on, like, It's really social blown media? up. Like, it's, like, a thing. Like, yeah. people, I mean, influencers, that's what it is. And could you ever imagine, like, now, with all the stuff you have in your catalog? It's crazy. What you could have done to move that over. You, you were ahead of the curve. Well, I'm a photographer first. Right. I, I don't consider myself a blogger or an influencer. <laughs> it's crazy how that space has blown up. Right, 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 right. I mean, I always tell people, like, I remember I was going to buy a camera for my podcast. And they're like, yo, you get a camera? I'm like, listen, I respect what you do. I'm not going to do it because, you know what, these people who, have, who are photographers, they spent years honing their craft. And I respect it. I love what they do. I can't just pick up a Sony, whatever, and, and focus it. I, I just don't do that. I leave it to the experts like yourself. So I respect and love what you guys do and what you guys do with a camera. Just like you said, you tell stories through your camera lens. I tell stories through my, through my voice. So I like that. I like that what you got going on. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate that. Yeah, I just wanted to break that down, like how I view things. And I just respect the craft and what you do. You know, a lot of people have said, hey, you can get a you can get a camera. You can record your podcast. I'm like, no, that's not that. I don't know that that's not respectful. That's not what it's all about. You know, and I, when I work with, when I work with photographers, I'm like, hey, you do what you gotta do. You know, I, I hire photographers for events now. I don't know if I didn't tell you about this. So like, so you know how people nowadays, if you go to a party, everybody's on their phone taking photos. Mm-hmm. Every time I have a gathering, I hire a photographer because guess what? The photographer is going to get that moment. This, let's, let's enjoy the moment. Let's talk to each other. That's what the photographer is going to catch that moment when you're talking at a conversation. Yeah, timing's everything. Yes, it is. It is. You know, I'm, I'm learning about the light. I'm learning. So it's an, I'm educating myself through other, you know, photographers like yourself. So I really appreciate you just breaking things down. I love hearing and learning from you. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly sponsored by Maggie's Farm. Located at 4341 Hartford Road, Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouth-awarding cuisine 
from falafel to scallops and everyone's favorite honey sriracha cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday and serving brunch Saturday 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. with delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials as well. One of my other favorite photographers was Cartier Bresson. He was a street photographer in the 30s and 40s. And he talked about the act of photography and how your heart and your eye and your gut have to be on the same axis. Mm. And you have to know when to release the shutter. So when you release the shutter and take that shot, that's the decisive moment. He coined the term the decisive moment. So when you release the shutter, all things come together in the world in a split second of time. So a photographer has to have a good sense of timing. See, you know, I always, you, you were, I mean, you said something that was interesting earlier. You're like, you know, I was back with the toxins and back there. Like, you remember how I used to develop film in the back? Mm-hmm. It was not a great thing to, at all. And I always respected people doing that because I didn't know it. And I like, funny, I like black and white photos more now. And I never thought I would. But when, like, I have a photographer, I'm like, do you do any for black and white? And I'm like, why? I'm like, because I kind of dig it. I kind of dig the style. Like, and I like, I think, the retro. I'm old school. Like, I'm starting to, I was like, I need color or color. But I'm like, oh, that black and white looks really good, you know? So, again, what you guys do is amazing. And it's an art and it's a skill. And I always, the running thing is, anytime I ask a photographer, I'm like, have you, I was like, have you ever, photo to heart did a black person and they're like and they, they look at me and I'm like I'm being serious I was like my skin tone is beautiful but I just want to make sure you you show those that that does highlights and I've had photographers just like I've never done any black people and I'm like all right cool keep on honing your craft but that may be something you might be missing out on going forward yeah, so I hope those they have are, a good light meter and know how to light well see that see that again I don't know that but that's the type of thing I I you, you hope that the photographer knows what they're doing and that's one of the things I always look at, especially my parents are like, they're like, oh, okay, do they know how? I'm like, yeah, we, we good, we good mom and dad, we good mom and dad. So there's a little thing, there's a little tip, but this is your show. Sorry, I just went off on a little tangent about just, you know, photography. But again, the skills you do, it's amazing. So let's talk about you. So you're back in academia. Mm-hmm. You love academia, it seems like. You, you really, that's something that you like. I love mentoring photographers. <laughs> That may be a little different. I love me... teaching. Okay, okay, and like how, like what, like what year, what year are they undergrads or they grad students that you're teaching at, at Goucher or at Goucher? It's all undergraduate. Okay, and at ICP, it's a mix of um, non-traditional age students. And the beauty of teaching for ICP, I recently taught a class on the contemporary landscape. I had students. Um, from New Jersey, Florida, the Philippines, to California. So it was really cool that technology allowed us all to come together and create a sense of community and learn how to shoot new ways during the pandemic. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the pandemic. I mean, we had to pivot. We had to pivot so much. For photography, how did did that affect you as far as teaching classes when you're only hands-on with somebody? You're looking at your, your affecting lens. You're getting everything, the light right. How do you teach during pandemic? in that way how do you do it well I'm really lucky in that photography translates well online at the time I was teaching at UMBC I was teaching studio lighting so during the pandemic 
I cleared out my living room and my house. I, I have a really cute um, row home in Patterson Park. So I cleared out the first floor. I created a photo studio, and I taught on Zoom. I taught studio lighting. At the end of the day, photography is about light, directional light, the color and temperature of that light, and how the light falls onto your subject. And I was still able to do that online. And my students were incredibly resourceful. Some were not able to go to campus and check out equipment. Hmm. So they made their own lights. They made their own diffusers. They played with gels. They played with directional lighting. So my students were resilient. I have a ton of respect for what college kids have been through this past year. Did you get the change? So the way you taught, it was a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. How did you just, did you, because like, it sounds like you think you thought outside the box. You're like, clear my house out. We're going to teach. You're going to basically have a camera looking at you teaching. I felt like I had a TV studio <laughs> in my living room. I had a document cam. I would have my cell phone on a tripod on Zoom. And then I had the camera from my laptop. So I was able to give three different points of view. So if I had to give a demo of the camera, something close, I had a doc cam. Wow. If I needed to teach, you know, from a different point of view on how you set up the lights, I had two other points of view. Wow. In real time. That's dope. That's real dope. I like that. That 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 you but you adjusted though, and that's a beautiful thing. We all adjust. You know, you get on the bus or you don't get on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so are you looking forward to going back in person this semester? Is that something that you're looking forward to missing? I am. I, I really miss seeing my students. Uh, of course, I am a little nervous with um, the Delta variant. Not not excited about being masked up and teaching. Right. I'm going to have class outside as much as I can. Right, right. And when do you? What do you say to photographers who are just starting out, and they like? I want. I, I like it. I want to pick up a hobby. What would you say to them? Like, you I mean? I like cameras, but I can't afford a, a, a $1,200 Fuji or a Sony. But what would you say to somebody like myself who's like, hey, I like taking photos. Where do you start? Do you start like at Fisher Price, my first self, my first camera? Like, is it, you'll go to the U shop on Falls Road and get like a, you know, a $500 camera. Like, what would you say to somebody who really wants to get into that type of situation with like photography? You don't need fancy gear to make a good photograph. At the end of the day, it's about your point of view and honing your style and finding your voice. I don't care if it's a plastic camera, a toy camera, or an iPhone, it doesn't matter. I'd say go to the library, look at as many photo books as you can, look at as many photo exhibitions as you can, just just look. Wow, you dro- she's dropping jewels and gems for you folks out here, she's dropping them. <laughs> she's telling you what it's all about. Because I know a lot of people who are like, I gotta get this $1,200 camera. And no, I'm you like, don't. And I'm like, I don't think you mm-hmm. do. You know, and what is funny, I have a studio now and now I'm, it's funny. You're talking to me and I'm going through my mind and I'm like, I have all these nice, fancy lights in my studio, but I don't know if the lights are right. Now I'm thinking about what you're saying. I'm like, oh, I might have to uh, see if I can uh, hire you for to get my lights in my uh, studio. Sure, right? I'll come in and help you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but as far as photography, like what's been some of your, t- what are your top five favorite shoots you've ever done? No, you, got, you know how to put you in the spot. I know. I've got to think about this. We could do some honorable mentions, too. Well, okay. At the end of the day, I want my photography to reflect my values. I value creativity. I value fitness and wellness. 
I love shooting portraits. Portraits is a way of holding space for someone. And I think everyone deserves to be seen. And that Mm. has a lot of power. So I can't choose just one portrait. I've had a lot of incredible um, collaborations. I love shooting artists and musicians. When TT the artist was in Baltimore, I collaborated with her. I've shot with Rose uh, DiFernando, her producer, and I was behind the scenes when they shot at Lexington Market during Dark City Baltimore. TT did the art direction on a cover, album cover I did for Kaleida, Kaleida Pen. I've shot the TSU dance crew. I, I have a ton of respect for what Terry has done, Terry and Flash and Kenny and all of them. And I also, my work also has a very social aspect. Um, several years ago, I did a documentary on the art world, photographing someone's workspace as a portrait. So basically, I kind of just invited myself over. Instead of calling the curator at the National Gallery of Art and saying, hey, you want to see my work? They would hang up. But if I call or email and say, I'm doing a documentary in the art world, I would love to include you. Yeah, how's Monday? So I found myself photographing very banal workspaces of people who are making incredible work in visual art and culture up and down the East Coast. So I love the social aspect of photography. During the pandemic, you know, the pandemic shut down my food photography. It shut down my portrait business. I didn't know what to do with myself. So I just started shooting empty streets of Baltimore. And at the end of the day, photography will always come first. So I wanted to produce a zine. So I produced a zine and I had a show documented 2020, which is basically a diary of my life and what I was going through in Baltimore. But it's also a little bit of a love story to Baltimore, finding the joy in the city. So the work that you see on this wall is from a series called 2020. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there is something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, carryout, and delivery, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Harper Road, open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. Folks, I'm going to take some photos. I'm going to take some photos of this and they'll be out when we do the show. Wow. But when you ask me my, my top photo shoots, that, that's a hard call for me because I love shooting motion. I love fitness photography and I love portraits. Okay. Okay. Now, if somebody wanted to hire you for mm-hmm. a job, um, are you particular on what you want to do? Are you, are you at that point where you're like, I can do, I, I want to do this one. I don't, I can, you can pick and choose what you want to do as far as well, shoots. It has, and to one. Be, has to be a good match. Has to be a good match. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just figure They can out. reach out um, on Instagram. My handle is E Brady Robinson. My website is ebradyrobinson.com. I love it. No, no. Just I, reach out. I always wonder that because I'm, I'm, I'm starting to become now particular on interviews now. Mm-hmm. Does it match up what I'm doing? I like what you said about your values. I like that a lot. And, you know, I always tell people this, you know, several people reach out and say, hey, I want to be on your show. And I say, have you ever listened to my show yet? Mm-hmm. 
And then they're like, no. And then I'm like, okay, well, take time, look at it, listen to it, and then come back. And before I reach out to anybody to come on my show, I do my homework on them a lot. So before I hit that send button to send to you, I researched you a lot. And I wanted to make sure I knew who I was talking to and if it matched up with what I wanted to talk to. And I remember I was on vacation. I called you. Yeah, you were in Virginia. You yeah. Were at the beach, right? I was at the beach. But I was that interested in what you had going on. And we had a great conversation. And I was like, we got to make this happen. And, and that's what it's all about for me. That's one of my things, pet peeves. I'm like, did you, did you do the homework? Did you learn a little bit about me? You know, did you do an interview with another podcast? Because if you did, I don't want to say the same story twice. You know, even though it's great, I don't want to talk about it twice because then me, my crowd, me, cross, cross. So those type of things. So when was, so you said, when was this, do you curate shows still? Do you do a lot of photography curating shows for? When I was in D.C., I did a lot of work with photo D.C. I was helping run their educational programming and in Florida, I would um, collaborate with the curators at the Orlando Art Museum. So I do enjoy curation. Um, right now, I'm really interested in publishing because I think with zines and books and magazines, you can reach a wider audience. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm working on a documentary on women who and female identifying roller skating roller skaters in Baltimore. Okay. I'm going to have a show with Maryland Art Place at Hotel Indigo in January. All right. So I've been documenting women who skate. Yeah, that, that's dope. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. And I, I told you when I, you probably remember I said to you, mm-hmm. I want to bring you back going for that. Oh, and, cool. and, I would, and I would love to do the recording at Hotel Indigo. All right. Sounds like a plan. And I'll uh, do that. And now you got me thinking like, I kind of want her to do a documentary on, on what I'm doing right now. And for, uh, this is me just thinking out the box. I mean, I'm just thinking like, because this journey is something different. You're but, doing important work. I admire and appreciate what you're doing. We need better stories coming out of Baltimore. Well, that, and that's what it's all about. You, you want to hear positive Baltimore stories, and that's what, you, that's what we need. And it's just we always try to – I always try to find, listen, and understand, and understand who's out there. Who isn't the, the WBALs or WJZs not covering? Because it's not sensational. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the rah-rah story. And, I, and everybody I've met, I feel like it's a piece of me now. A connection that's why I interviewed them. There's a connection, and so I've learned a lot through this journey. So I, I've now I'm thinking about like, I wish I would have took a picture from day one and seen this whole gallery how it's transformed from where I am right now. So, well, I would love to do portraits of your subjects. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, here we go. We, I think, I think we might be able to do something like that. I like collabs, I love collabs. So, what would you say again? Like, you, you, Baltimore, have you? worked with um, Baltimore City school kids or people who haven't had a chance to have the opportunity to get in front of a camp, behind a camera. What kind of things do you do as far as community organization or community outreach? Well, there's a lot of organizations who are doing that really well. I have given back to the school system. I was providing yoga with New Fit Kids with Kevin Anderson. Okay. And I would go into different elementary schools in West Baltimore and provide yoga to kids and teachers I love it. Everybody needs it. I love it. I used to do yoga a lot. I haven't done it in a while, but I, I do love yoga. It's definitely a stress reliever. And then you said health is one of your big things. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Why is health such a big thing for you? Well, my work is very physically demanding, mentally as well. It's just, you know, it's, a, it's heavy. All this 
is very heavy <laughs> and holding the camera is a physical activity so you've got to be you got to be sharp you got to be sharp mentally you got to be on top of your game physically so, and i have to stay healthy listen i'm self employed i have a high deductible <laughs> i can't afford to get sick getting sick is very expensive i love it so i, I do my it. best to stay well at fishnet every plate served starts with the freshest high quality fish Source from local waters whenever possible. You get fine dining excellence delivered in a cozy, unpretentious, fast casual setting. Delicious does not even begin to describe it. Everything I've tried is made from scratch and incredible. The best fish I've ever had. Check them out for lunch or dinner at Mount Vernon Marketplace. Get caught in the fish net. You'll be glad you did. Menu and details at eatfishnet.com. So you got through the hard part of the interview, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm sweating. You're not sweating. I'm sweating. Mm -hmm. So I always call this a speed round. Speed round. A All speed right. round. I hope I've had enough coffee for the speed round. Uh, I think we'll, 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 right. I think you got it. I think you got it. So, okay, what's your favorite vegetarian meal? Vegetarian meal? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Acai bowls. Okay. I'm obsessed with the plant bar. Okay. What's your favorite? Okay, here we go. What's your favorite thing to do when you're not working? I love to be on my bike. I'm a big fan of bike party. I love every um, other Friday. I meet up with the fly riders and go on a night ride. I also love to be out on my paddleboard. Growing up in the mountains, I you know living by the water is a new experience for me. Mm -hmm. So I love being out on my paddleboard, mm -hmm. and I also love hiking. Okay. Okay. So what's the cool, well, dead or alive, what photographer would you want to, want to work with? If you could work with them right now. Mm, that's such a hard question. I feel like I'm among all my favorite photographers. I've done some incredible collaborations with Elena Volkova. During the mm. pandemic, we created photo lessons for our students, and we okay. produced those on YouTube. Nice. I have done great collaborations with Kara Ober from Be More Art. We shot some food photography in my living room during the pandemic for uh, the latest issue. I've done, I've had great assignments from Joe Giordano. I've done incredible portrait collaborations with TT the artist. So I'm, I'm living it. I have a great deal of respect for the photography community in Baltimore. If I wanted to go to a art museum or photography museum, mm -hmm. what would you recommend for me to, for me or my listeners to go, if I really, if they really wanted to get into it and go to a museum with some amazing photographers. Like anywhere? Anywhere. Or in Baltimore? A any anywhere, anywhere. Anywhere. Anywhere in the world. ICP. Okay. International Center for Photography, New York. Has okay. great programming. My third biggest audience is New York City, so that's good. What about Baltimore? Anything in Baltimore? Photography? Well, recently the BMI had an exhibition of Joe Giordano shuttered. Yeah, he has a book coming out yep. from what I'm hearing, yes, yes. I would love to see his um, At Night work become an exhibition somewhere. Okay, definitely. But the uh, Lewis Museum has incredible photography, BMA on occasion. Snowballs or ice cream? Oh, ice cream, 100%. I'm a big fan of Daharka Brothers. If it's not Daharka Brothers, <laughs> Honeygrams, I'm not interested. <laughs> and what is, uh, since you're a food person, mm -hmm. What are some of the favorite restaurants that you've taken photos that you really like was really impressionable on you? Not nothing against anybody else, but what were some of the things that places that you were like, wow, 
I want to go back because it was just that, that impressionable to you. Well, when I was shooting for the elephant, Chef Orlando was an incredible, talented chef. And I just was in love with the way he plated food. There was a lot of creativity. So one of my other favorite chefs, Chef Audio Vera at um, the Avenue Bar and Kitchen. Okay. Super creative. And I also had a really fun shoot with um, Taste This. Ooh. Yeah. Taste This is near me, actually. Mm-hmm. Good Ta- soul food. Yeah. I have, Their I, mac and cheese is amazing. There is. I, I do uh, Taste This uh, on Harford Road. There's one over that way. One of my early shoots for City Paper was Polly G's in Hampton. Ooh, good pizza. And then I have some Turkish friends who own a pizza place in Little Italy. Have you ever been to Angeli's Pizza? I have not. The best New York-style pizza in Baltimore, hands down. I'm with this. I'm with you should interview down. these guys. They're they're Turks and they have the best New York pizza in town. Okay, you 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 put me onto it. We got I got to try it out now. I'm hungry now. We should go get pizza. I'm all about it. Let's go get some pizza. <laughs> I love you know I love going over Little Italy any day any day. That's one of my favorite restaurants is over there right now. Which one? It's called Remix. It's brand new. Oh, I haven't been. It's black owned. Oh, there you go. So they they have some good food. If you like jerk, if you're into spicy food, they have these things all. Yeah, you got to try it out. Definitely, definitely try it out. So what inspires you every day? Being alive. Being nice. alive is a gift. Nice. You know, if I wake up and hear the birds saying it's a good day, um, I love I love light. <laughs> good light inspires me. Music inspires me. What's your favorite music artist then? Oh, where to begin? Well, according to Spotify, I'm the top 1% Bill Withers fan. Ooh, Lovely Day. I love soul. I listen to Lovely Day every morning. <laughs> um, lately, I've been listening to Sun Little. Beautiful. He has this one track called Lay Down. It's incredible. It's about slowing down. I love Cindy Collin. But I also like some pop, too, you know, like Levitating. Okay. Nothing wrong with that track. Okay, okay. Some, okay. you know, good tunes to skate by. There you go, there you go. I love soul music at the end of the day. <laughs> and what is the best advice you've ever received? Trust your gut. I like that. You gotta trust yourself. And trust your intuition. Okay. And where can we find you on social media? Where can we stay connect? You said that a little bit earlier, but where can we find you again on social media? Are you on TikTok? Um, I look at TikTok, but I, I don't really participate. <laughs> I, I love the skating videos and recipes. So. You can find me on Instagram at E. Brady Robinson. All right, folks. Thank you so much again, Ms. E. Brady Robinson, for taking time out to Thanks, your day. Aaron. This I has been an you. amazing experience. I'm sitting here like trying like, all right, let me keep that mental note, self note. I've learned so much from you today. And uh, Baltimore's weird. We're lucky to have you here and share what your stories of giving our Baltimore her true story. Thank and, you, Aaron. And these these photos that you're showing, they're, they're amazing just looking at them. So thank you again for taking time out of your day. Thank you. My pleasure. Folks, love, peace, and happiness. We're out. <laughs>